This episode is sponsored by Whoop. If you don't know what Whoop is, it is a fitness tracker. You've probably seen it on the wrist of guys like Rory or Justin Thomas, Tiger, Scott Stallings. And they're using it to track a few different metrics. One is strain. The other is recovery and sleep. And from what I've seen, what I've heard, most people talk about recovery and sleep as being these metrics that they're really enjoying diving into. Recovery is really simply how well you're ready to perform the next day. The more that you're recovered, the better you can perform at your peak. It's a stat that is worth tracking, and I've found a lot of value personally and from what I've heard other pros talking about with me of how they're using it. Whoop is a sponsor of the podcast and has given us an awesome discount code. You can use GSL to get a discount when you pick up your Whoop band. And we also have a Whoop team, which is awesome. So everybody in the Golf Science Lab community who's picked up a band, we can kind of see what everyone's doing. You can make this into a game and try to get to your best when it comes to sleep and recovery and what you're doing with strain. So you can head over to golfsciencelab.com slash Whoop, and there's a code that you can uh, enter in and join our team. It'd be really fun to get everyone who's picked up a Whoop band involved on that. So make sure to check that out. And Whoop.com, code GSL for discount. We're on a mission to help golfers from all over the world achieve their goals by understanding what it actually takes to play their best golf. We're talking with leading instructors, researchers, and players themselves to find what is actually working. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is part two of our, our little series or our week on the mental game. We are joined once again by Dr. Greg Carton. Greg, welcome back. Great to be back. I've enjoyed uh, having these discussions. Absolutely. So in case folks didn't know, we're kind of having this mental game week here because we're actually launching the spring session of a mental game masterclass. It's, it's a course with you, Greg, where we go through some training and then do some live coaching with you over, over a month. So we're really excited that launches, um, here very soon. So looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm really excited about the course. We started this a couple of years ago and we've been tweaking it over the last couple of years as well, adding new content when, whenever we're able to get together and really excited how everything came out and hoping you all enjoy it. Absolutely. So today, Greg, with our questions, we've kind of bundled together a handful. They're going to focus on some of the playing skills, some of the things that we all face when we get out on the course in competition. And this ties in really well with how we ended yesterday's podcast talking about the swing. It's kind of where we finished. So let's just dive right into the questions. Here's our first question is, when I play my best, I always feel as if I'm not thinking. I'm simply just swinging. How do I keep or maintain this? That's the ideal state. And, and also maybe the most common question is how do I keep something good going when I have it going well? The reason why it becomes so elusive is because once we realize that we're playing well and it feels like I'm not thinking, now we've triggered some thought, right? And we're trying to achieve something. So now expectations enter the realm and, and confidence and lack of the if I only keep this going, this is, you know, I'll shoot my, the best score I ever shot. And all these thoughts start to, to rev up. So it's impossible to create that sensation of not thinking, but to create that freedom that this person is referring to, it, it comes from an awareness that the thoughts we have about it don't matter. Just like we talked about yesterday a little bit. So when we get in this state and, and we feel like we're not thinking, and then maybe something goes wrong or 
doesn't even have to go wrong. Or, or we, something hits us like, wow, I've been, I've been so good for so many holes and I just, I better keep this going. Just to remind us that thinking that it, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it, because it, it, that can throw us off guard because we think now I have to do something different to get back to where I was. And now I've lost connection with what I'm doing right now because I'm trying to recreate and I'm trying to avoid a future that hasn't happened yet. I mean, could we classify this as a, as a myth as well? That we're always trying to achieve the state of, of not thinking? Yeah. Well, the idea that it's not necessary to play well, for sure. Right. And I think all of us can, can recall maybe one or two, maybe three of those moments in our golf careers where it really felt like we were totally zoned out and totally connected and, but have also shot really good scores and, and not felt that way probably as well. So. I think that this idea that we have to think a certain way to play well is probably the biggest misconception that holds people back. I I'm believe that it's more important to not be resistant to what we're thinking or judging what we're thinking than it is to think we have to think a certain way or be positive all the time. I think some of this idea has been, you know, is brought in by stories of like Tiger talking about playing at the Masters and you know, not remembering hitting shots, you know, like stuff like that, you know, where like we hear those stories as well. So we think we have to go do that. Yeah. And that's a real experience that, you know, people recall, right? This idea of that being in the zone or being in the flow state where we're so engaged with the activity that nothing else really matters. That time slows down or may speed up. We have no care as to how we're perceived by others in that moment. There's just a total connection with the activity. Extreme sport athletes experience this a lot. They're so focused on what it is they're doing for fear of dying that they be, they sort of enter this zone or that flow state much easier. But trying to create it is actually what moves us farther away from it because that just ramps up thinking. And that's what we're trying to avoid in the first place. And I mean, expecting to get into the zone this Saturday when I go play with my friends is highly unlikely as well, right? Like that's, I mean, is, is, that's not a realistic it, It's much more unlikely if you are trying to achieve that state, right? No one's figured out how to, to actively achieve that state in terms of preparation. But this understanding that through awareness, I can distance myself from my thinking, meaning it doesn't have a hold over me anymore. And, and that's also leads to that sense of freedom or flow or, or that zone state. Just, just enough moment to moment awareness to where we can sidestep some of the thoughts we're having so we're not so tangled in them and feel the need to respond to all of them. Perfect. We actually got quite a few questions in this category, so we're going to hopefully get through a handful of these. Here we go. Next one. How do I stop myself from getting tense on tight driving holes? I usually follow this up by hitting it way into the cabbage. <laughs> yeah. So common, right? For sure. So the tension gets ramped up also from, from the resistance of standing on that tight hole and Maybe subconsciously telling yourself that good players don't think about how tight a hole is. They just swing, right? At least that's what it looks like. And that's what some people sense. But the idea that it's not that thought that causes you to tense up, right? A tight hole or, you know, wide fairway or again, all labels that we attach to specific shots and react to those labels versus just trying to swing. So. The idea that you stand there and have a thought that what you would deem or someone would deem is negative and then the judgment that, well, good players don't think this way is my guess is what's causing that tension and why maybe you hit it poorly. Not the thought that, you know, 
I just wish I didn't hit it so bad, or I just wish that this hole was wider or any of those thoughts. It's, it's more stems from this resistance to yourself. So invite that thought next time and sort of observe it and just allow it to sort of wash over you. I think you'll be surprised at how powerless that thought can be once we become aware and know it doesn't matter. You know, this reminds me of is, uh, a little experiment you did once is a little bit off topic, but I feel like it's on the same vein of having someone aim really specifically at like this super narrow, like point in the distance versus just like trying to hit it in a general direction, which is kind of like, you know, you go on a, on a hole and you aim at one tree branch and really focus in and yeah. try to pipe it right there versus like standing up there and saying there's 50 yards wide. Let's That's right. just take a swing and hit it in there. Kind of that, I, I don't know, does that feed well? Yeah, it does. So there's this idea that there's the aim small, miss small, right? Theory that, it, which works for some people where you pick a very specific target and it feels like, you know, that's going to create some freedom for them. I found usually it's the opposite. If you were to tee a ball up on the beach and hit it into the ocean, my guess is that swing would be pretty free. And my guess is you'd also hit it pretty good. So instead of narrowing the focus when you're standing over that tight, hole, why don't you take a look at as far as you can to the left as to where you could hit it and still be in play and as far as you can to the right and still where you could hit it and still be in play. I think you'll be surprised. One, the hole won't seem as tight anymore and your swing may be a little bit more free. There's a sense that when we see a tight hole, we have to get even more specific as to where we hit it. But taking a look at those parameters and and sort of trying to hit it out somewhere in between those can can add a lot more freedom, I think, to your your swing. in situations like that where, you know, go, look, golf's a hard game. And the more specific and more target-oriented we get, sometimes the, the more tension we create. Next question. How do you quickly forget the bad shots and just move on to the next one? Why, why forget them, first of all? Let me take you through this, Cordy. All right? Okay. Pretend you had asked that question, what, right? And I would say to you, well, why would you want to forget bad shots? Because I don't want to remember them the next time I'm hitting the next shot. Because I could keep hitting a slice if that's what just I did because the last you thought time. about it. Yes. Okay. I don't think that's true. Have you ever hit a good shot after having a negative thought or a bad thought? Yes. I think yesterday you gave the example of not wanting to hit it in the water in the first hole and hit a really good one, right? Yep. So here's this example right here. We just assume that if we have a thought about something that's already happened, that we're not supposed to, right? And I can tell that just by the way that question is asked. How do I forget about bad shots? Well, you don't, but you also don't need to because what you're talking about here is just a thought about something that's already happened, right? If we can get to the point where we can become aware of that, and again, like the tight hole, allow that thought to just sort of sit there, right? Realize it has no power over us, over this next one. It may be a little bit uncomfortable, but the more time we spend in that discomfort, the less we're going to fear it. And now we can step into this next shot with some freedom, regardless of what's happened prior. All right. If golf were that easy to where you only could think about good shots and when you did, you hit good shots, well, then we wouldn't enjoy golf as much maybe, or it wouldn't be the same game. The two aren't connected. The idea being that you can think positively or negatively and still hit a good shot. Or vice versa. You can think positively or negatively and hit a bad shot. But there's no connection between the two until we deem a negative thought to be bad. 
And then resistance and judgment and all that kicks in. And now we've created a monster. Whereas that thought doesn't cause us to hit the bad shot. It's what we do with it that does. This reminds me, Greg, of a story that we heard from Brad Faxon talking about Rory McIlroy. I forget the tournament or the situation, but was it a playoff? And he hit a ball in the water and then he had to hit the same, the exact same shot over again. And just how kind of how Rory told the story, he just, you know, he remembered something in his golf swing, a small thing, just hit the shot again. And it was a, yeah. it was a perfect golf shot. And then, and he just hit the next one. Obviously he had a thought of hitting in the water because he's standing in the same place that he just hit the last one from. But he hit a great, you know, he had a great shot the next time. Yeah, he was able to shift his focus there, or place his attention somewhere else. But also, as good as Rory is, he knew, knew that odds were, because he hit a bad one, the next one was probably going to be good. Most of us don't have that luxury. But that, to me, is what he says that he's very confident as well, right? This idea that I hit so many good shots, if I hit a bad one, my guess is the next one will be good. That's not very relatable to most of us. We just assume that if we hit a bad one, the next one's going to be bad. But you break that cycle by not connecting shots to the next one. Let's dive into the next question. Gosh, I feel like I'm saying this one's really relatable, like before every one of these questions. I don't know what that means about myself, but every one of these is relatable, I guess. Um, (laughs) This one is after playing 12 holes getting tired and keeping form and overthinking mechanics. Let me just, maybe I'll interpret this a little bit after 12 holes. Why do I fall apart all the time? Sure. You know, like we all have those stretches of we shoot 38 on the front nine and 45 on the back nine, you know, whatever it is that, that just idea of like, we can do it and then we lose focus or we start, you know, we hit a few bad shots or it feels like we get tired. Like there's all these reasons, but it's really hard to play 18 holes of golf in a row that are decent, right? It is. And look, 18 holes of golf, is a, it's a long time to stay focused. But in these situations, my guess is that's happened before, right? Because you said we can all relate to this. So what happens is when we start out that way and we do hit a bad shot, the first thing that occurs is, oh, here we go again, right? So now instead of playing with freedom, that we probably did play with those first 12 holes and why we played well. Well, now we're trying to avoid a bad outcome instead of just playing golf. So we're not playing the way we were anymore because a bad shot set us off. We had bad memories about doing this before, and now we want to avoid feeling that way. So we're going to do everything we can to avoid playing badly, which in turn causes us to play bad because now thoughts are ramped up and we're paying attention to those thinking. And we thought that, you know, overthinking mechanics is is a bad thing. And if I start overthinking mechanics, I'm done and this is going to be bad again. And, and we start to just bring up all these old things that have happened and we've lost engagement. And I think that's, that's what everything boils down to. So finding ways to return to just what we have in front of us with the notion that I can think anything I want. I can overthink mechanics. I can get tired. I can lose focus, but I can still hit good golf shots. And I think that's really important to keep in mind. Again, it's why people develop bad you know, habits of, they say, oh, I can't make any three footers, right? Because I, I missed a couple yesterday. And now instead of trying to make a good stroke here, I'm trying to avoid missing. And playing that avoidance style of golf is really tough. It's playing with the hands on the steering wheel, or that's tension. I feel like a lot of those thoughts too, Greg, just comes from back to this expectations thing of like, hey, in 18 holes of golf, you might make a double and a bogey and another bogey. 
in a row. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean your round is falling apart. It means that you're no. playing golf, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. We said that yesterday, right? The normal. idea like those bad shots and bad holes are part of rounds, not ends of rounds. And, and but most of yes. us look at it as here's the, this is the end. I'm done. It's always happens to me. You know, I can't break out of this. And, and that, that seems to get ramped up a lot. Yeah. Look, playing, if you play 12 good holes, that, that's a good day. All right. It's hard when the last six aren't and it's tough to get rid of that. But in those situations, it's just reminding ourselves that let's come back to what I'm doing right now. I may or may not hit a good shot and I'll go hit the next one. Easier said than done. But if we start to create all these patterns and, and then identify with them, we have no chance because there's too much resistance and too much judgment that, that's created from that. Awesome. Well, we're going to end there, Greg. We're going to come back tomorrow with one of the guys that you work with, Matt Parziali, he was the 2017 mid-am. Is that right? Uh, that's right. That's right. 2017. If you remember Masters and US Open, he was the firefighter that played in, in the Masters. Really cool story. And so we're going to have him on just to talk about you know, his mental game, competitive golf. Obviously, he's been in some super high-pressure situations. I couldn't imagine his Wednesday evening before Thursday morning in Augusta, Georgia. But I'm sure we, all kinds of cool stuff we'll dive in with him tomorrow. Awesome. Looking forward to that, Cordy.